Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Deadly Ever After. My name is Elizabeth. I'm here with my husband. Hi, um, my name's Harry. Hi, everyone. And we're two true crime junkies. I'm here to tell you all about one of my favorite crimes ever. Um, it's the subject of a famous French documentary that was actually like recently re-examined in multiple Netflix docu-series. And if you haven't guessed by now, we're talking about the case of Michael and Kathleen Peterson, better known as The Staircase. On December 9th, 2001, Michael and Kathleen Peterson were enjoying a bottle of wine by the pool in the backyard of their mansion in Durham, North Carolina. After a couple of hours, Kathleen went inside to bed while Michael remained outside smoking his pipe. He finally went into the house at 2.40 in the morning and found Kathleen's body laying at the foot of the narrow back staircase in their home. The walls were smeared with blood and Kathleen was unconscious. Michael immediately dialed 911. The police arrived shortly after 3 a.m. to secure the crime scene and they spent hours meticulously combing and photographing the property, making notes of the trail of bloody footprints leading from Kathleen's body into the kitchen and the traces of blood on the kitchen sink, cabinets, and the front door. By the time paramedics arrived at the Peterson home, the pool of blood surrounding Kathleen's body in her head was clotting and beginning to dry. Paramedics observed that Michael Peterson's shirt was partially covered in blood. They also stated that the blood inside the stairwell looked like it had been smeared on the walls instead of in a splatter pattern and that this blood was dry. Peterson's lawyers later refuted this evidence and instead blamed the errant blood on the police failing to tape off the crime scene as Michael Peterson's son had arrived home during the investigation and was trying to comfort his father, moving him from the kitchen to the living room where blood from Michael's clothes transferred to surfaces not connected to the accident, like the sofa in the living room. While the police were in the house, Michael Peterson logged into his computer in his home office. He also called his attorney around 5 a.m. that morning. Michael told police that he and Kathleen had shared a bottle of wine that night and that she had also taken a Valium, postulating that that may have contributed to her accident. Unfortunately, according to the autopsy report, her blood alcohol level was just 0.07 under the legal limit, which means she was probably not impaired enough to have fallen down the stairs. Furthermore, the medical examiner found that Kathleen had lacerations on her head, seven deep lacerations on her skull to be exact, which the ME found to be consistent with being beaten by a light, sturdy object. The thyroid cartilage in her neck was also broken, which is usually caused by blunt force trauma. Interestingly though, Kathleen did not have any brain damage or swelling, which is inconsistent with being beaten on the head. Okay. so. Could I interrupt for a moment? Yeah. Um, so she had seven lacerations on, on her head, right? Yeah. Now, it's like the way you're talking about it sounds like, you know, cuts or something. But yeah, um, I mean, how many how many steps was the staircase? Because I'm thinking if the staircase is seven steps, like each. No, it's this is a full staircase and like the Peterson's mansion. They have this huge staircase in the front of the house, which like wraps around and it's got, it's like very grand looking. And then oh, they have okay. one, like a shitty one that's off the back of their kitchen, but it's still like, I think 10 or 12 steps, but mm. it's like very like narrow. It's kind of like servancy quarter vibes. Got it. And that's okay. what she fell down. Yeah. So. And now, 
and now that I've just said that out aloud, I'm thinking that doesn't, yeah, even I was trying to match the the number of cuts <laughs> to the stairs. I guess that doesn't. No, no, no. She just, like fully, yeah, she fell down like a full staircase. And I mean, if you want to, you could Google right now, like um, uh, crime scene photos. It's right. fuck. It's bananas. It's bananas looking. Oh yeah, I might not do that because you know how I feel about blood, right? Yeah. No. Are you squeamish? Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh wow, interesting. Well, you know, do you remember the barbecue incident? No. What? You know when I like I cut my thumb and I was. I almost passed out because of the blood was anyway. Sorry, Wait, let's. Uh, are you talking? No, on. are you talking about the barbecue we had like three months ago? Yes. You didn't almost pass out. That you had like a you had like a paper cut. What are you talking about? Yeah, but just the side of the blood, like just like um, yeah. That, I'm just looking at oh Jesus Christ, looking at these photos now. All right, yeah, sorry, they're let's, insane. Let's continue. Yeah, um, there's so much blood in them. I mean, like anyway. And we do know that it's it's blood, right? It wasn't. Well, it wasn't like um, it was real blood, right? As opposed to what, like ketchup? Uh, what do you what do you think it was? Yeah, ke- yeah, ketchup or um, because it's off the other, kitchen. Yeah, some other kind of condiment that um, I'm thinking. She... No, Harry, just I think you're getting really caught up on the fact that it's off the kitchen. It's these these are wealthy people. They don't have ketchup stains on their walls it's not our fucking house okay it's not like us these are wealthy yeah. people right well i'm just thinking you know you if the ketchup bottle was just lying lying uh you know kind of on the stairs like and i've i've seen it at our place so it's just left out right um maybe she like just sat on it and it sprayed up then st- yeah that as i'm saying this now i'm realizing that's probably that's pretty impossible. So, all right. Sorry. Let's get, let's. Press yeah. On. Okay. Well, anyway, um, Kathleen died very slowly from these injuries bleeding out at the bottom of the staircase over the course of 90 minutes to two hours. All of this led the medical examiner to rule that Kathleen's cause of death was a homicide. Obviously Michael Peterson became the prime suspect and he was eventually arrested and charged with the first degree murder of his wife. The trial began on July 1st, 2003, and a lot of information was uncovered regarding Michael Peterson and his private life over the course of his three-month trial. Michael Peterson had a professional history in the military, earning a silver star, a bronze star with valor, and two purple hearts during his time in the Vietnam War. It was during his run in the 1999 mayoral race that Peterson detailed the stories that had won him these military distinctions. He said the Purple Hearts were awarded after he was hit by shrapnel as a fellow soldier stepped on a landmine and it exploded. The Raleigh News and Observer was unable to verify this story and Michael Peterson later admitted that he lied and had never actually earned these military distinctions. It is worth noting that he was awarded the Silver and Bronze Stars. Later in his life, he wrote three fiction novels about the Vietnam War and co-authored two other war novels and was working as a columnist for the Durham Herald Sun at the time of Kathleen's murder. Kathleen Peterson was a very successful business executive at the telecommunications company Nortel when she met Michael Peterson. His two adopted daughters, Margaret and Martha, were good friends with Kathleen's daughter, Caitlin, and the girls actually set their parents up. 
1989, they moved in together. And in 1992, they bought the now infamous dream home at 1810 Cedar Street, of which Kathleen was the sole owner. Wow. So, so this is a bit of a Brady Bunch type scenario. Yeah, they, it's, yeah, it's bizarre, actually, to, like, to be frank. He has yeah. two, yeah, he has two sons from his first wife, and then he has two adopted daughters that we'll get into. And Kathleen has just one daughter. Mm. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is more like a realistic Brady Bunch, I guess. Because yeah. someone, you think someone should have died in the original Brady Bunch? You think no, like, no, it's, well, it's just, it, well, yeah, it's not, um, it, I wouldn't say that, obviously they should have died, but it's um, more, it's more realistic. There are not like three, three kids on each side. You know, that was very. You, you think know, one would have more. Cookie cutter um, and that, you know, it was, it's all like fun and. You know, it's really interesting. They didn't have like a maid or anything, even though like they didn't have an Alice, even though they did have a mansion. And I guess the the Brady Bunch didn't really have a mansion. That was kind of, you know, you wouldn't want any smaller of a house with six kids. Let me just put it that way. True, true. Any other interruptions? Um, No. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is all uh, very, very sad so far well one of the speculative motives um for kathleen's murder was money she earned a solid six-figure salary but nortel had been going undergoing monumental changes in 2001 45,000 people had been laid off and kathleen was worried she would be included in the next round furthermore it was later discovered that the petersons were more than $142,000 in debt spread across 20 different credit cards wow yeah well i've been there right know what that's about so well i not not saying murder is the answer but um yeah it does credit card debt is no joke i don't have one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars in debt it's kind of that's unfair no just that sheer number of credit cards i mean that's um that is i don't even use half of them yeah and then yeah but um, yeah, no, I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't comparing our situation to, to um, this at all. No. I mean, you can't, we don't live in this nice of a house, so. So she, she was a, she was like a CEO, right? Um, so she was that... like a VP of sales or something. She had, she was like upper level management, but I mean, she was afraid she was going to get laid off. So it's not like she was running the place. Oh, uh, okay. So there's no, I was just thinking of possible motive is uh, you know jaded for former employee who blamed blamed uh they're they're getting fired on on kathleen and came after her That's, there's um, no evidence yeah. like to suggest that that didn't happen i guess legally i have to say okay, okay. technically even mm. i think that's a dumb theory but like legally speaking that's a possibility right because I mean, in some ways, that that would make more sense than the loving husband. You know what I mean? Who wouldn't necessarily have a motive. Most women are murdered by their husbands. Did you know that? Really? Or a former domestic partner? Yeah, Google it. Mm-hmm. Like most, yeah, most women like who are murdered are murdered by their husbands, or most women just full stop are murdered by their husbands. Both, I think. Both. Yeah. Yeah. What? So that most women who exist will get murdered by a husband yeah yeah isn't that frightening that doesn't that doesn't sound right does it 
So you're so so you you have a greater chance of being murdered by me than surviving and, and dying of old age. Is that what you're saying? Well, the fact that I married you means I'm not going to reach old age. But yes, that is that is true. Correct. The stress will probably kill me before you do, but numbers numbers wise, numbers typed out on a little sheet. Yes, that's correct. Um. Okay. A North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation agent testified in court that the Petersons were living beyond their means, spending $100,000 more than they earned every year for the three years prior to Kathleen's death. Hmm. Well, it's all, it's all relative, isn't it? You know, like they're earning a lot. So 140 grand uh, to them isn't so much like, you know, um, like $500 wouldn't be so much in, um, in someone in in a different relationship you know what i mean well that's well this, no you just don't understand budgeting it's like if you spend more than you make you will always come out behind exactly yeah yeah so, so it is know. a big deal okay okay although kathleen was the maid breadwinner she had a 1.5 million dollar life insurance policy in place which prosecutors speculated could be motive enough for michael to kill his wife and put an end to his money trouble leaving plenty for him to live off afterwards. Mm. What's more is that both of Michael's sons, neither of whom was a blood relation to Kathleen, as we already discussed, were both severely in debt and they had turned to their father to ask for help. Michael was unable to do anything since he himself barely had an income and lived largely off Kathleen's salary. He emailed his first wife, the son's biological mother, Patricia, urging her to take out a $30,000 home equity loan. In his email, he said, quote, it would be a huge relief because I am worried sick about them. And it is simply not possible for me to discuss this with Kathleen, end quote. He sent this email 11 days before Kathleen's murder. Um, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I have to be honest, like I want to keep an open mind, but it's, it's not looking great for Michael so far. Yeah, I know, I, I, right? And, Obviously, um, financial pressure of any kind puts stress. And sorry, sorry to interrupt, Elizabeth, but uh, I do at this point. I do want to just, if I can, just um, play devil's advocate a little bit. I uh, with well, this. so with so like it's not looking great for Michael so far. But um, on the other hand, what if if he's innocent and he's just lost his wife, um, and now the the I think the life insurance policy is like a, a real um is is great for him to have that because if he if he is innocent then you know it's bad enough losing your wife but then you you know it's it that does lessen the blow a bit you know so um yeah just something just putting that out there just something to think about um you know just in case well I, you he can't get it because he's on trial for murder so it kind of it doesn't he's like oh okay he's not in their house right now he's he's like locked up while he's on trial Got you can't it. go home if you're on trial for murder. Like you stay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? That that would make sense because um, otherwise people would be just murdering nonstop. Right. They? Yeah. Even okay. more than they already do. Right. Right. Yeah. Obviously, financial pressure of any kind puts stress on a marriage, but the prosecution's theory was based solely on another revelation that came out shortly after Michael Peterson was arrested. He was bisexual. 
investigators unearthed 20 email exchanges between August 30th through September 5th between Michael and a gay male escort named Brent Wolgamott, whom Peterson had found on a website. Brent, going by the name Brad online, charged how do I men- spell How do you spell Brent? Brent? Yeah, uh, the son, his it's like surname? It's like burnt, but Brent. Uh, oh, okay. And Wold, Wold, what was the name? Wolgamott. It might be Australian. Maybe he's Australian. Wolgamot. Does that sound Australian to you? Um, maybe. I'm just anyway. Uh, yeah. Brent, going by the name Brad online, charged men $150 an hour to do, quote, anything under the sun, end quote, and had agreed to come to Michael Peterson's house for a sexual encounter on September 5th. It never happened, though, as Brent fell ill on that day and stood Michael up. Michael never contacted the escort again. Jurors were. Oh, wow. so this is another possible motive starting to come into the play, right? Motive for what yeah, I'm, for Michael I'm to thinking. kill Kathleen. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. he was he was he's bisexual. He's sexually frustrated because he couldn't um, couldn't hook up with Brent that time, and so he took out his anger on Kathleen. Yeah, um, yeah, T- totally. Yeah, mm. I feel like. Are you getting this? Yeah. Okay. Jurors were able to read the email exchanges between the two men, and Brent testified that Peterson spoke affectionately about his wife, stating that they had a great marriage. Still, prosecutors argued that Kathleen Peterson had no idea about her husband's bisexuality, that she had found out about his failed encounter with Brent and wanted a divorce. Michael, drowning in debts and in those of his children, murdered her instead. Investigators found hundreds of pornographic images featuring men on Michael's computer. There were likely more, but Michael deleted 216 files the day before Kathleen's murder. And there were 352 additional files that were deleted on December 11th, two days after the murder. Yeah, so more than 500 files were deleted. Mm, Yeah. By him. Um, Right. One of Kathleen I mean, Peter's unfortunate, unfortunate coincidence, um, potentially the first one, uh, you know, to, and then the second, the second kind of mass, mass deletion of emails, just to play devil's advocate again, um, just with the, with the second deletion after, after Kathleen has passed away, it could be a case of, you know, you want to move on with your life. So that's a case of, you know, just cleaning up your hard drive as well. You um, think he so was deleting do- pictures of her? Off his computer? What, yeah, like, you know, the unflattering ones that she she wouldn't have wanted, things like that, you know. Harry, just... if I die, you better keep every single fucking photo of me you've ever taken, even the bad ones. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, again, that doesn't apply to us. Just, I'm just, okay. I'll, I'll, that's know, a, I'll... listen, anyone listening, that's a fucking rule. If your spouse dies, you have to keep every single photo of them. Delete nothing. They're dead. They, they don't need to be deleted. Their spirit is deleted. So keep all the photos at least. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep all the photos. Thank you. All right. One of Kathleen Peterson's coworkers testified that she emailed Kathleen on the day of her murder and that Kathleen was using Michael's computer to access her work emails. She Mm. had never used Michael's computer prior to this day. So this lent some credence to the prosecution's theory and timeline that Kathleen found the emails to Brent the gay escort on the day of her murder and subsequently confronted Michael about it. Hmm. Yes. 
Oh, no, I'm just, yeah, I'm just thinking like, yeah, that's um, just very suspicious um, yeah. timing of everything, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other big revelation that came into play during Michael's trial was the story of Elizabeth Ratliff. Elizabeth worked in the same school as Michael's first wife, Patricia, when they lived near Frankfurt, Germany in the 1980s. Elizabeth and Patricia became friends while Michael and Elizabeth's husband, George, also became friendly. The foursome often ate dinner and hung out together since they lived just down the road from one another. The couple remained close with Elizabeth after George died of a heart attack in 1983 during the US invasion of Granada. The three continued to dine and spend time together and the Petersons would often help Elizabeth with her two young daughters, Martha and Margaret, as Elizabeth was now unexpectedly a single parent. On the morning of November 27th, 1985, Barbara Malignino, the nanny Elizabeth had hired to help her with her daughters, entered the Ratliff's house to find Elizabeth lying dead at the bottom of a staircase. She was only 43 years old. Barbara said nothing was out of place and then there wasn't any blood surrounding Elizabeth's corpse. The police arrived and deemed the, the death an accident. An autopsy was performed on Elizabeth and her cause of death was deemed to be a cerebral hemorrhage. It has been said that Michael Peterson was at the Ratliff home that evening, helping Elizabeth put the children to bed, making him the last person to see her alive. Martha and so, Mark- so, so what I'm thinking now is if Michael did, did murder Kathleen, this is how, where he got the idea from is he was around when um when oh, sorry what's her name what was this the second the kathleen uh, the victim uh, the, first, the first victim elizabeth elizabeth sorry um yes yeah, so i'm thinking michael um he sort maybe he got the idea to murder kathleen after um elizabeth's uh ac accidental death elizabeth didn't have an accidental death that's like that's um, like common opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think, I think I'm maybe. jumping ahead a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Martha and Margaret were now officially orphans. They were swiftly adopted by Patricia and Michael Peterson. The girls, along with the Peterson's two teenage sons, all continued to live in Frankfurt until the Peterson's divorced in 1986. And that makes it sound like that was a really long time, but actually that they divorced a year later. So just, you know, Elizabeth Ratliff died in 1985. The Petersons divorced the next year in 1986. Later that same year, Michael moved to North Carolina with his sons and adopted daughters. Margaret and Martha befriended Kathleen's daughter, Caitlin, a few months after moving to Durham. So in less than one year, Michael Peterson adopted the Ratliff girls moved out of Germany and met the woman who would become his second wife, Kathleen. Second victim, maybe. Bas yeah, bas I mean, basically, right? Mm. The prosecution re-examined the circumstances regarding Elizabeth Ratliff's death. Struck by the odd coincidence between Elizabeth and Kathleen's accidents, they called for the exhumation of Elizabeth Ratliff's body from where it was buried in Texas. Elizabeth's only remaining family, her sister and mother, consented and the prosecutor set out to make certain that it was in fact a tragic accident that befell the young mother of two 17 years earlier. The North Carolina State Medical Examiner performed an autopsy on Elizabeth Ratliff's body 
and determined that Elizabeth's injuries were inconsistent with an accident. Her professional opinion stated that the seven lacerations on Elizabeth's skull were the result of blunt force trauma and the cause of death was updated to homicidal assault. These results were introduced in court, though Michael Peterson was never formally charged with Elizabeth Ratliff's death. Instead, the prosecution used the findings to draw parallels between the two women's deaths, noting that Elizabeth's death would have given Michael an idea of how to fake Kathleen's. It has been speculated that Michael and Elizabeth were having an extramarital affair, but Michael's first wife, Patricia, says these rumors have no merit. I, I think that would be true because as we know that he is bisexual, so it seems to be his pattern to um, to just cheat with uh, men. So Right, he, probably, he would have been having an affair with George before Elizabeth. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, unless, unless there's another layer to this that we, we're not aware of where there's she found out elizabeth found out about um he was cheating on elizabeth sorry he was cheating with elizabeth but then he was also cheating on elizabeth and then she found out about a gay male escort in um in germany there what there is no gay male escort in germany i mean there's probably one but there that we know of yeah well no harry stop it no no and look i'm not saying i i'm uh I, I like as I see it now. There are two, two, um, you know, just on the information that I've I've got, it, it does seem that like this is either just a horrible coincidence that um, and that you know two people have, you know, fallen down the stairs brutally um around this you know connected to to Michael or, or he is in fact a um a, you know a murderer who's killed two women by um, pushing them down the stairs and hitting them seven times in the head. I mean, which, yeah. Do you, do you hear yourself? Which one do you think it is? I mean. Um, I'm agnostic so far. So I I really do want to hear the rest of it. Yeah. Forget I asked. Okay. On October 10th, 2003, a North Carolina jury unanimously found Michael Peterson guilty of the murder of his wife, Kathleen. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Peterson's attorneys filed multiple appeals, all of which were rejected, and Michael Peterson exhausted all of his legal options. His attorneys also filed a motion for a new trial, which was rejected by the North Carolina Superior Court. After his conviction, Peterson's next-door neighbor, Larry Pollard, raised the possibility of what is now widely known as the owl theory, I'm interested. Pollard, an attorney himself, though not hired to represent Michael Peterson, speculated that a barred owl swooped down on Kathleen as she entered the home, causing the lacerations on her head and the tiny cuts on her face. She ran to escape the owl, but fell down the stairs, proving that her death was an accident all along. Right. And okay. That, okay, that, 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 that adds up more than anything we've, heard so far well um, i have just, more hold on just hold on. oh okay because i'm just thinking before you get into that as well there are owls in germany as well right so um there is no evidence of an owl in the in the german part of this case just i, I just oh, i'm not saying there is i'm just saying there are owls in germany um that's something for um for your for our listeners to think about 
Microscopic feathers plus chunks of her own hair were found clutched in Kathleen's hand. Experts have testified that her injuries are consistent with both an owl attack and then the subsequent fall down the stairs. Still, this theory does not postulate that an owl killed Kathleen, merely that the attack is responsible for Kathleen rushing upstairs and resulting in her accident. This theory was heavily propagated by Peterson's attorneys, though it did not lead to a new trial being granted. So, sorry, Harry, but not everyone is as fond of owls as you are. Right. Well, I don't, I mean, maybe they didn't have all that, that evidence that you've just laid out because that it's pretty clear that um, an owl was involved in some way. No, or not it was... no. Be, if I have it, Harry, no, they... let me, fi let me no. finish. If... No, okay. I won't. No. Okay. What wound up being Michael Peterson's saving grace was the fact Actually, that- Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I can't let this go. I, I, I just, all I want to say is that, um, look, it's probably not that it was an owl, um, you know, flapping in, grabbing her by the skull and, and dropping her down the stairs. I don't think an owl can do that. Harry, that's physically impossible. Regardless right. of your opinion, that is like, that's physics. Right. Yeah. You know, but you know, uh, truth can be stranger than fiction. Um, but what, uh, I guess what, what I'm saying is maybe, maybe if it wasn't just the owl, maybe the owl and Michael, uh, you know, maybe as a pet owl or as they were kind of doing, working on it to like, they killed her together. And in which case, I, if that is the case, um, Harry, 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 yep. shut up. No. Okay. Again, I'm just, I just want to, it's just an idea. What wound up being Michael Peterson's saving grace was the fact that in 2010, North Carolina's attorney general led an investigation into blood splatter analyst, Dwayne Deaver. Apparently Deaver had a reputation for flawed work and it was proven that he had presented false evidence in 34 cases. His most egregious act was withholding negative results of a blood test performed on Gregory Taylor, a man who was convicted of murder and spent 17 years in prison based on Deaver's testimony. Dwayne Deaver testified about the blood splatter found in the crime scene in Michael Peterson's home, and it was found that he deliberately gave false testimony during the trial. As a result, Michael Peterson was released from prison on $300,000 bail and put under house arrest complete with a location tracking ankle bracelet on December 16th, 2011. He had been in prison for eight years. His attorney set to work gearing up for a new trial, but ultimately on February 24th, 2017, six years after his initial release, Michael Peterson entered an Alford plea, which states the defendant admits the state has sufficient evidence to convict him of the proposed crime but the defendant maintains their innocence. With this, Michael effectively pled guilty to the involuntary manslaughter of Kathleen Peterson 16 years earlier. The judge gave him the maximum sentence of 86 months for this crime, but because Peterson had already served eight years in prison, he did not face any additional jail time. Effectively, he was free. Since his release, Peterson has written two books about his incarceration. For the last two years, he shared an apartment with his ex-wife, Patricia. 
She recently died after suffering a heart attack on July 8th, 2021. She didn't Mm -hmm. fall down the stairs and get a heart attack, did she? That's that's like actually funny. (laughs) No, Harry, to the best of my knowledge, she didn't. Okay. HBO is working on a new series about the Peterson case, which would excite me if we had an HBO subscription. Hint, hint. Ah, well, you know, I mean, your birthday's coming up. Maybe I'll try to keep that in mind. My birthday's in seven months. But maybe it'll be up by then, so. True, true. Yeah, but uh, no, I did definitely owe you uh, a a decent birthday present after. after, Why are you uh, laughing? I don't like that you're laughing. Oh, I was just thinking about your your reaction when I just gave you flowers for your birthday. I thought that was, I thought that was. uh, My my reaction was fine. I loved them. I mean, I historically I don't love Gerber daisies, but they you know they were fine. They were great. Right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was just a... I mean, most men yeah, give their wives, like, roses, you know? If if it's, like, flowers are going to be the gift, then they're, like, an expensive flower. But, you know, Gerber daisies, are, they're, they lasted a long time, so... They did, yeah, they did. I, I just remembered when you... I think your words were, is that it? And I just thought that was... <laughs> it's just kind of funny to, to... Yeah, well, I was kidding. Like, that's, you know... Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know, but, yeah. yeah. This actually isn't related to the case, but it's still an interesting piece of information. In 1994, seven years before Kathleen was murdered, Michael's son Clayton planted a homemade bomb at Duke University. Though it did not go off, the ATF found six additional homemade bombs in the attic of the Peterson home at 1810 Cedar Street. That's their mansion. Clayton was sentenced to four years in a federal prison. It has been said that he did not mean to kill anyone with the bomb, but intended to use it as a distraction while he stole equipment from the university that he needed to make fake IDs. Mm. So. That house, that mansion, just, you know, if you're not, it just sounds like a you know, living hell, really. You've got owls, owls attacking outside. You've got a, a dangerous staircase and then you go into the basement and you know you you could step on a, a landmine basically so yeah michael peterson probably felt like he never left vietnam he probably felt like he was in in, that, in war exactly that house was like vietnam yeah pretty much yeah. yeah interestingly michael's other son todd graduated from college and worked at kathleen's company nortel for a while he left to start his own business a website called futazi.com and Harry, do not Google this. It'll like fuck up our internet. Like you'll, it'll make your computer like explode. So. Oh, uh, okay. Is it, how, do, how, do I, how do I spell it? No, so I'm I not know. even going to, d- please don't Google so it. So I know not to, I know not to accidentally. No, I, um, I'm not going to tell you. The website was essentially Reddit for teenagers, a message board with advice for teenagers about dating, sexuality, kissing, and friendship. Todd uh, ran. How, how old was Todd at this point? I mean, it was after college. So like early to mid 20s Todd ran Futazi and created an alter ego for himself on the website under the name Roman Croft around the same time Todd got into bodybuilding and posed for before Mm. and after photos wearing only boxer shorts he posted these and photos of basically naked teenage girls on his website cool is that cool oh I was just thinking yeah just more thinking he's like 
now everyone's doing that right uh, on Instagram and whatever, but he was kind of, he was ahead of the game. No, this Harry, this is very different. This is no, this is disturbing. Okay. So listeners, what do you think? Is Michael Peterson guilty or innocent? Innocent. How, how can you say that? I just, you know, I think with the fact that he, he does appear to be a, a kind man who, um, you know, has adopted children um, and has had to, uh, you know, he, he might, might have lied about some things in Vietnam. I don't think he's a know, nice he's... man. He doesn't sound like a nice man to me. I wouldn't want to be married to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally different from me. So I, I get why. Um, yeah. Sorry. Harry, why, what, why would you even say that? Of course you're different from him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have yeah, any kids nothing. I don't know about, do you? No. Um, I'm getting a 23 I, and me for Christmas anyway, so if you do, we'll know in a couple months. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I also think, you know, I, there is that, uh, that evidence that there was, there was an owl present at the time of the murder um, and that uh, the owl um, was either responsible or partially responsible. There isn't a lot. I mean, there's no like concrete evidence. That's just a theory, you know. Well, the, well, I think it wasn't. Didn't the owl leave its kind of um, calling card of feathers in in um, Kathleen's hand? Yeah, there were there were feathers, but they were sitting out. I mean, they were like sitting outside by the pool for hours. So maybe you know, that's not like concrete evidence of an owl. But so she was just walking around collecting feathers. Maybe I don't know what kind of person. Maybe she's like your mom, and she collects feathers and puts them all around the house. True. They have energy. True. Well, I mean, making dream catches is a bit different than just collecting. I think this is more of a more of a science than than that. But you know, um, yeah, I think I think there is there's a lot of there's a there's just a lot of gray area um and uh and if if you're saying that 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 the the photos of of the crime scene are um do reflect that that is uh kathleen's uh blood on the, mm-hmm. on the wall and not like um which it is it is that's a fact exactly that does that does uh, look bad for for michael i think because I, I don't think that a um i don't think that an owl could could uh, do that and um yeah but uh well, yeah, I still. agree with the um, justice system. I think Michael Peterson is guilty. I tried to have kind of like a biased or an unbiased um, outlook, but I just think the evidence is so overwhelming. So, um, right, right, and maybe that um, that's why he, um, he 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 you know he did what he did. Yeah, maybe allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. Although um, he was convicted, so not allegedly also also yeah 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 Yeah. in the eyes of the law no no not allegedly yeah in the eyes of harry and elizabeth allegedly exactly yeah listeners this has been the first episode of deadly ever after thank you so much um if you could please please leave us a rating and a review on the podcast app on itunes that would be really helpful um this is something that we're just diving our toes into even though like we're we're avid true crime listeners um yeah and just tons of more episodes to come we're gonna probably gonna set up a patreon so if you're really chomping at the bit to do that like don't worry it'll be up definitely by the next episode um yeah harry thank you for being such a good co-host 
Um, I really appreciate you guys. Harry's really shy. So this was like kind of hard for him to do. Um, yeah. My pleasure. And, you know, thank you for in involving me in this project. Uh, I know that, um, I know this means a lot to you and yeah. just, uh, you know, you won't, you won't say this uh, in, in the podcast, but I'll say it to the listeners now that, um, you know, uh, Elizabeth has, has, uh, has for, foregone a, um, a, a, you know, part-time job opportunity to, well, to record this. So podcasting is um, a full-time job though. Did you, so there's that. Well, exactly. And you're, yeah. I love, I love how you've just, um, you've just dedicated yourself to this, honey. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing what you, you know, your passion for this. Um, but, uh, you know, everything, um, it, it, there is sacrifice, um, to it. And, you know, I guess that, um, yeah, I, I guess that you're right that it, it was beneath you to work at Chick Fortune favors the bold. So, um, exactly. Yeah. 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 Bye. Bye.